We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Coachable Podcast. Around here, we believe that life is the ultimate training ground for finding out what you are truly made of. I'm your host, Tori Gordon, high performance coach and breathwork facilitator. And each week, I share intimate conversations and inspirational stories from some of the world's most successful people. It's time to stop standing on the sidelines of your life and get your head and your heart back in the game. So take a seat, grab a pen, because you're going to want to take notes as I pull back the curtain on the tools, resources, and inspiration that you need to unlock your inner champion. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the show. I have a very, very exciting uh, interview today. It doesn't seem like much of an interview, I'll be honest. My conversation with Jen Spiegel is um, one that sticks out for many reasons, but it's because uh, even meeting her for the first time uh, over the show, we immediately dropped into a space of embodied uh, presence and connection. And this interview really felt more like a conversation between sisters, long-term friends. Um, and it, it almost felt like if we were in the same room, we would be sitting around a couch like and this would be a conversation that she and I would have had um, just hanging out. And I love that because we go to some spaces um, around some really important topics like integrity, uh, lead it, leading and leadership and what that looks like in our lives and in our businesses and how to, to lead with integrity and how to continually check in with ourselves to stay um, in a state of growth and evolution and allowing ourselves to be a student while also taking personal responsibility for the influence uh, and the impact that we have on the people that listen to our shows and are part of our programs and in our audiences like you. So it's a special conversation and I'm looking forward to um, you being able to hear and be sort of a fly on the wall of what would be a, um, a really special uh, time of connection for, for Jen and I. Um, to give you a little feedback, Jen is the founder and CEO of Becoming Iconic, which is a seven-figure global business and leadership brand that elevates entrepreneurs who desire to create a seven-figure legacy through integral leadership. She also is the host of Becoming Iconic, the podcast, and it's really all about the real, raw, and vulnerable truth about being a female entrepreneur while weaving in practicality on what it takes to design a life and business that you love. And you can just hear from her presence, uh, the way she speaks, it comes from a very grounded, soulful place. And I absolutely adore that about her. Um, so I'm very excited for you guys to hear. If you are loving the show, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a, a continual um, student. And thank you for your reviews. Thank you for sharing this show with the people that are in your life that are also on the path. And uh, thank you to everyone who's gone to Apple or Spotify and left us a rating, left us a review. Let me know how much this show has meant to you and what you're taking from it. I am so, so grateful, so grateful from the bottom of my heart for all of you. And um, I invite you to continue to come back and to share um, what you're learning as you tune into the Coachable Podcast. Before we jump into this week's episode, 
we're going to have a word from our sponsor. Before we jump into this week's episode, I do want to say thank you to our sponsor, Organifi, which is a line of organic superfood blends that offer plant-based nutrition and high-quality ingredients with less than three grams of sugar. I absolutely love Organifi because, as you guys know, I'm traveling these days across the country, and I need something that's convenient but works. And with their uh, incredible travel size packets, this works really, really well for me being on the go. You can get their Organifi Greens, their Organifi Red, or what I love, the Organifi Gold, and make sure that not only does it taste good, but you're getting the superfoods that are essential for your diet to reduce stress and reset your morning into your routines. I absolutely love all of their products. So if you go to Organifi.com slash Tori Gordon and use the code Tori20, you will get 20% off all of your order. Welcome, Jen, to the Coachable Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here and jump into an epic conversation. I know it's going to be so good. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for being here. I'm excited to be here, Tori. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So you are... A woman of many talents. I mean, you're a business coach, you're a life coach, you're into health, you have a top-rated podcast, you're also a mom. You do a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, tell tell us, and you've been doing it for a while, like 16 years you've been in the coaching space, you've been around the block, you've seen a lot of things. Um, and one of the things I love about you is that you really care about leading and living from a place of integrity. Mm-hmm. And that is a huge value of mine in my life and in my business. But I'd love to hear from you just a little about your backstory. How did you get here? How did you get into the coaching space? And what's been your experience over, you know, more than a decade of doing this? How do you see things uh, that things have changed as opposed to maybe, you know, years prior? How are things different today Mm -hmm. in, in your experience of the coaching space and what you're, what you're seeing with your clients? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's been a while of being such an advocate for this space. I'm I'm so excited and so honored really to step into the coaching industry to be an active participant, a leader in this industry. Um I'm it's changed my life in many ways and it's changed lots of lives of the people I got to work with. So I feel very honored and privileged. However, it feels like a massive responsibility at the same time and I've always looked at it that way. When I started this, I was a new mom. I came from corporate America, had a huge marketing and sales career, loved it. And then I had this little baby look at me and thought, well, I don't want to travel all the time. And I I really felt like it was a choice. You either chose to be a mom or you chose to be a career woman. Mm -hmm. And I chose to be a mom at that time. So while I was home with my kids, I quickly identified and realized that that wasn't necessarily my be all and end all. I know there's some women out there who love raising their children. That is their purpose, their calling, what drives them. But it was a part of me, not the full picture. And so I fell into mentorship. It has sort of been a bit of the theme of my life anyways, I, as for as long as I could remember, wanted to support women specifically in their confidence probably because I lacked it for most of my life and I was craving it for myself. So we often teach the very things we need to teach ourselves. Funny how that works. So mentorship just sort of naturally progressed and happened for me. And it it was just this beautiful evolution and growth of multiple businesses through that. And because of the longevity in the industry and because I've been doing this for so long, the responsibility starts to rise. And it rises because you see trends and you see things come and go and you start to identify areas that we need to quickly grasp and take a look at and be honest around. Right now, what I'm seeing in the industry, and it's not exclusive to coaching industry, this would definitely be entrepreneurs as a whole, it is just a side effect of social media is this swing into hype. And it concerns me. There's some really beautiful parts about it. It's very inspiring. It adds energy. You know, it casts vision. It does all of those things. But what we don't realize when we haven't had success in whatever venture we're, we're building is we start to compare. And we start to really downgrade the success. We start to slip into moments where we don't feel a gratitude, where people start to look like numbers for us versus heartbeats. And that concerns me. 
And I know that we don't do these things on purpose. I believe that. I believe everybody's doing the best they can with what they know. But maybe this conversation we're having, Tori, can spark for someone just this idea of discernment and integrity and what feels correct for me. And am I participating in this race of throwing big numbers out there and that is the epitome of success or am I in coaching because I believe every single one of us who are in some sort of leadership or mentorship role we started because we knew we could be of service to someone there was something about us something about our experience our journey that we thought oh wait I could teach this and that was the spark that's why we started and it gets diluted and the focus starts to be on income and quality things versus impact and so that's a really big message for me right now is like when did we stop thinking about impact as much and put income in its place do you think that's a natural progression of just an evolution of building a business and scaling a business that you have different um different things you have to think about different responsibilities maybe you have a team and so numbers and scaling become a thing or do you think it's a byproduct of the culture that we're living in right now Mm -hmm. um do you think that's something that all entrepreneurs face at some point of reckoning with the the why the root reason of why we started and why it's important and meaningful work um or do you think it's just a byproduct of the times That's a great question. And I think it's an and both. You know, it's it's the evolution of an entrepreneur. It's evolution of leadership. I believe all of us start with a pure heart. Maybe some people start because they see the big numbers. I actually had someone who hired me, and it didn't last. the The relationship didn't last very long because she came out the gates and said, "I want to charge what you're charging. So let's launch programs." And I had to say to her, "I I said that is." years upon years of experience and testimonials and if you're starting a coaching career to get rich and think this is a get rich quick type of business it won't last and I cannot as an integral leader teach that because it you may have quick success you may not it may be really frustrating or you have it and you cannot sustain it because it's about this evolution of ourselves so do I think that there's times where we need to like look in the mirror and realize we've got off track a little bit 100% I think that happens a lot too when we've reached our why so maybe Mm -hmm. for someone they start and they think okay I want to leave my career I'm not entirely happy in there anymore I want to start this business and so my initial goal is I just want to make as much in my entrepreneur business as I am in my corporate career and they reach that point but then they stop visioning, casting that next goal, and they they get stuck there. And that's where that rat race, that feeling can start happening because we haven't continued to cast that further vision down the road. We we got the goal. You're here. You left Mm -hmm. your career. You're being an entrepreneur. Amazing. What's next? And so we can get into this confusion, especially if we spend a lot of time in comparison. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think when I hear you say that, two things come to mind. You know, the never stop casting the vision and the next like where do I want to be like who am I becoming now now Mm -hmm. that I am a solopreneur or I have my entrepreneurial venture or whatever and I've gotten to the place I want to be like now I'm that and who do I want to become who do I have to become to reach the next goal but there's in my mind and the way I talk about this is there's two sort of lines like there's the goal line of life which is the acquiring of things and status and money and clients and experiences and the soul line of life mm-hmm. and so oftentimes there the rat race is acquiring the goal line because we think it will fulfill the soul line it will fulfill us in a certain way yeah. and I find that for me and what I can get a sense for from you is that like you are really um, committed to being a mission-driven messenger and working with mission-driven messengers because it's like if you don't have a deeper why and if you don't know why what you're doing is of service and like this is your like contribution and you're so passionate excited about it and you know that there's a problem that you can solve for people and you're just you want to tell anybody and everybody about it because it's changed your life like those are the people that i think tend to not they we don't get off track but because we have we're deeply rooted and our conviction for why we do what we do 
I think it's much a much easier path back to that mm-hmm. to stay um, to when that pendulum swings, we can come back to like the real reason for what we do, and that keeps us um, like in alignment with our deepest you know yeah. desire and truth and purpose, yeah. And don't you think, Tori, it kind of stems from like the whole idea of fake it till you make it and these performative personas that we are so good at being and putting on. I know for myself, it was my mentor a couple years ago was our very first call and she was a big stretch for me. She was like this mentor I had had on a pedestal. And Mm -hmm. when I hired her, it felt like such a big deal. And I remember our very first call, I showed up on the call and within, I would say seconds, but for sure minutes, she stopped and said, you're performing. Mm. And I was so performative. I was trying to impress her and, you know, show that this is going to be a great relationship. And I could feel it in my body. I could almost see myself doing it, but I didn't know what that was. I just thought it was Mm. me trying to impress. And she said, we're going to pause the call. We're going to pause the call and I want you to take a breath. And she gave me some homework. And that was the first time I ever learned the term performative persona. And it was one of the best, most grateful lessons I ever received because I looked back and realized how often I was performing, whether that was in a people-pleasing mode, whether it was trying to impress, that whole fake it till you make it, um, you know, stretching ourselves. I I can't say that I I was that. Um, I'm sure I dipped my toes in that, but I, I do feel like along the way, I really have been a pretty steady leader, but I definitely know that I've coached people and been with people who have really stretched and exaggerated truths. And I'm seeing it on social media all the time. And that's probably why I'm sensitive to it is because I had that call out personally. And I've worked Mm -hmm. with so many people who feel like they need to be more than they are, that who they are is not acceptable enough, that who they are is not impressive enough. And it's like, oh my goodness, when somebody comes to follow you on social media, do you realize you've already impressed them? Because they hit follow. That was a choice to hit follow and want to follow along and hear what you have to say. So we can almost take a breath and relax a little bit knowing that is enough. And now our job is to continue to show up and be real and take people along our journey and to show our progression. It's not about this perfection. And then it's the faith it till you make it. This is something I teach a lot. I I think we got these words skewed of this fake it. So what we have is a bunch of people going out and buying designer bags and taking pictures outside of private jets. And I'm not against those things. I I love all those things. But what reason are we doing that? What's, What's the reason behind that picture? Is it to impress? Is it to show how successful you are? Or is it genuinely a part of your brand and you always wanted this bag and you're so happy to have it? And that's great too. So... I I wonder if that's where all of this is coming from, this culture that we were brought up in and we just fully participated. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, when you talk about fake it till you make it, I mean, that was my motto for years. Mm -hmm. And um, especially in corporate, I was, you know, in roles that I was underqualified for and I was all in, in business meetings and sitting around tables I did not belong in (laughs) technically based on my resume and my past experience, you know, and, um, I was putting a smile on and acting like I knew what I was talking about and that I deserved to be there. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I was borrowing other people's confidence along the way, but there did come a time where that I had to rub up against that, that reality that I am pretending not just in my work, but in all areas of my life that things are a certain way when they're not. And I'm trying to convince not just other people, but myself that I'm happy that I know what I'm doing, that I'm trying to do that to ease the discomfort and the anxiety of feeling like, oh, I might be out of bounds right now. Oh, I might be like playing out like in a new uncomfortable space, which is great to get uncomfortable. But when you have no context for it and you feel like, oh, I've got to be like everybody else that's here you sort of lose yourself. You lose yourself. And I was talking to a a potential client yesterday and she um, is a new coach. She went through a certification. She's trying to build her business. And she was telling me one of the biggest things she's struggling at the moment with is 
she knows what to do, but she can't seem to get herself to put her head down and do it and share her story and just like speak authentically because she finds herself picking her head up and looking around and comparing it to what everybody else is doing and thinking I need to be writing that kind of thing or I need to be speaking or showing things in this kind of way because that's what people like. And, and we're, we don't realize that we're cutting ourselves up off from our power because our truth and our story is our power. And it's about liberating ourselves from this story that who we are isn't enough, right? Like what you were saying that just being authentic and sharing my journey and what I'm learning and going through the ups and the downs, the lessons. And I think, you know, that is our power. And I was thinking about this the other day of things that I wish more coaches would say and admit, especially those in like the spiritual woke community. Like, like sometimes it's like, I want you to say like, you don't know either. You know, I want you to say, I'm still figuring it out too. I want you to say, you know, I want you to give us a doorway into the things that you're also learning and struggling because I would rather follow someone that's learning and broken and trying to figure it out and investing in, um, you know, their growth, then follow someone who pretends to have it mm -hmm. all together. Mm -hmm. Isn't it exhausting? Yeah. It's exhausting. And it comes down to this realization that we were worthy upon arrival. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Worth is not earned. It was our God-given birthright. And it's, I, th I believe most of us, it's fascinating. And, and that's where we're trying to discover, like, when did we lose that? What was the point in our lives where all of a sudden we stopped believing that? And when did we stop believing in curiosity and playfulness? And when did we start looking in the mirror and wanting to change the way we look to be more like someone else? Because all of a sudden the way we looked wasn't the right way. And it, it, it's so slow. I believe that that change happens so slowly. There's not even a moment. Sometimes there is, but oftentimes there's not. But the thing is that encourages me is we get to come back to ourselves. We get to make the decision that even if we've been participating in that and that feels like home and you're, you're thinking to yourself, oh my gosh, wow, worthy upon arrival. I keep thinking I have to earn it through my revenue or how many clients I have or the designer bag or how many vacations I took or how happy my family is or perceived how happy, you know, uh, like how they're perceived. And all of a sudden you just stop for a second, you take a breath and you're like, oh, wait, I don't have to prove anything. I don't have to prove anything. And as a matter of fact, just being here in this moment is enough. And now I step into my personal power because I believe that and I'm starting to practice that, that it starts to become a really fulfilling life. Because what we tend to do is when we're comparing like with that potential client is we start to plagiarize. I see it all the time yes. in entrepreneurship. Okay. So we think, oh my goodness, that idea is so brilliant. And I love inspiration. I'm inspired all the time. I don't think there is any original idea anymore anyways. I think all of it has somehow been skewed and, and made our own. But the point is to make it your own. But what I'm seeing is people be inspired by others and then duplicating that almost to a T in their own brand. And we're always just a little bit out of integrity. Mm. We're always just like one toe is just out because we're trying to be something we're not and, and to fit into a mold. And you've heard this before. Everybody's heard this before, but she's already taken like that spot is taken and that is for her. And that is for the people who are excited to be in that place. But what we do is we rob the people who would be excited to be in our place when we're trying to be something we're not. We literally steal that from other people. Yeah. I think there's a couple of things there. One that like, why are we tempted to do that, right? Mm -hmm. The culture of get rich quick. I need yeah. results immediately. I'm not willing to put in the work I want, like I need it now. And so this is a proven result. So I'm just going to copy or, or take this idea because it works for them. And mm -hmm. I'm, and I'm so coming from that such deeply egoic place of like, I need, uh, because the results are going to make me worthy 
right? Or than acceptable or loved or wanted. And I love what you, or we don't really trust ourselves. We don't believe, we haven't taken time to sit in silence and stillness with ourselves to know that we do have something meaningful to say and to share. And, um, and so we just piggyback on everybody else's and, and you can do that a long time. You can do that your entire life and never share an original thought or feeling or story that was, is Mm -hmm. true for you and pot and have some results and like something to say for it because it works for other people, but it's, there will be an emptiness on the inside that is only filled when you allow your expression to, to come forward. And that requires being not just doing, it requires you to be with yourself and allow that to be the essence in the place that you do from. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love what you said. It's like, when did we forget that we were enough and that yeah. we were worthy? And what I see is it tends to be this awakening process of, I think this is who I am, this pretending persona mask that I'm wearing. Like, I think this is who I'm supposed to be. And therefore this is who I am. And I have identified myself with it until you start to realize all the ways that you are faking it and lying to yourself. That was my story. And then I even posted yesterday, I posted a a Instagram photo that I would have in the past never posted. I saw that. It was, Yeah. yeah, it was in a bikini and, and I was just reflecting on the old versions of me and all of my judgment and all of what I would make that mean and all of the ways that I had lived my life for other people's approval and validation and recognition and saying, that's acceptable. That's good. That's something to be proud of. Instead of living from a place of, I am acceptable to me. I like me. I feel good doing this. And, um, that was a huge, a huge transition point when I woke up to that. And then it was a coming home process to how do I start saying yes and doing things based on my opinion of myself and how I feel in my body. And if this feels aligned for me, as opposed to always like walking that tightrope of other people's expectations that you can ultimately never live up to. Yeah. And when you say that two things come up, it's like this knowing that there are no extras. It's not like there's human beings on the earth that are just extras in a movie. You know, you just, you're space fillers. You know, you've come here just to, to take up a spot. It, it, that's silly when we think about that, but that's how some people behave. It's like, we don't, Mm -hmm. we don't matter as much. We're not such a big deal. And it comes to one of my mentors who teaches, like, even if your job is cleaning washrooms or gathering garbage, why can't you be the most exceptional person through that? Like, when did we feel like it has to look one way in order to achieve ultimate fulfillment and success? And that's really what becoming iconic is. It's this whole story of becoming an iconic could be like a stay-at-home mom, like an iconic stay-at-home mom or an iconic entrepreneur, or an iconic corporate career, iconic relationships. And and what to me defines iconic is the person who is willing to pursue a better version every single day. It's that that pursuit for seeing all of ourselves and being all of ourselves. And I teach this when you were describing your, your post and I saw it, I teach this, this theory and it reminds me of that. It's called peaceful confidence and peaceful confidence to me is the ultimate for a woman. She's the woman who walked in a room and does not need to be loud and boisterous and declare her space because that to me is confidence. That's here I am, make me feel important. So she's not that. She's also not the woman who walks into a room and goes and sits in the back because she says, oh, I'll let everybody else have the front seats. I'm okay sitting back here. So that humility to an extreme. So she doesn't want to take up any space. She's the woman that walks in a room and the room stops and pauses to look just from her essence, from the way she moves, you can feel her confidence. You can feel that she's assured in the skin she's in. It's not a look. It's not a size. It is simply 
from the inside out. And I picture her walking in a room and going to a chair and sitting back and eloquent, elegantly putting one leg over the other and kind of resting her arm on the back of the chair and, and soaking in the experience and welcoming people in through her smile and her grace. And you just want to be around her. You don't even know anything about her. You don't even know if she is wise or what she does or if she has kids or no kids it doesn't matter simply her presence is enough and that is what I believe as women we're all seeking and I also believe it is absolutely there for us all it's this intention every single day to find that and and build that into our routine find practices that support that quiet time you'd mentioned that quiet time is so underrated It's something that actually, this would be a cool conversation for us to have. I'd love to hear your opinion on this because I've watched pendulum swings too of these big extremes. So hustle culture was this unhealthy masculine, this go, go, Mm -hmm. go, work until, fake it till you make it, give up to go up, sacrificial. And we're all exhausted from that moment. And it worked. That's the good news. So I built businesses in that culture. I was highly successful. So I cannot beat that down and and give it a negative narrative. I just believe we know differently. And a lot of us got tired. But what I saw and what I'm seeing is this pendulum swing into this feminine world. And I believe we're in the unhealthy feminine now where it's Mm. flow and, you know, if you're not feeling well, just cancel your day and honor your body. And, and I'm for all those things. I think there's really great wisdom in all those things, but that's also not the experience of an entrepreneur. There is productivity that needs to take place and action, and there's nothing wrong with working. But what happened was we were wounded on this other side of hustle culture. We came over now to this feminine side, and now we're, we're in this unhealthy feminine. What if we married these two? And that mm. marriage, that blend to me is that peaceful confidence where she walks in, she knows what she wants, she's excited for opportunity, she's willing to meet people, she greets people, she greets the world, she is not afraid to show her capacity and and say yes to big things, she's also full of boundaries and knows where to say no, she just has figured it out, and not fully because tomorrow's a new day. So it's not that she's got perfection under her belt. Mm -hmm. It's just that she is doing the best she can with what she has in this day. And that is who I desire to be day in and day out. Again, not perfectly, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. that's the goal. Yeah, I love that. It's that integration Mm -hmm. of it's the both and, right? It's not the pendulum one side or the other. It's the, the masculine and the feminine. It's the integrated being, um, and to me, that is the embodied leader, what it means yeah. to be a truly yeah. embodied leader. And I know leadership is something that you are passionate about and, and developing embodied leaders, um, working with them. I want to know them. I want to raise them like the, that's, you know, who I want to be. What, what does it mean to be a leader to you? What does leadership look like? Um, and what do what kind of leaders do we need now more than ever? Maybe our, our past, you know, idea of what leadership looked like was more of that hustle masculine do doer. What does that look like for you now? I really believe the ultimate in leadership is the knowing and the pursuit of all things. We have been raised, the narrative is you can only do one thing well. I even still see big mentors and leaders teach this, like pick one goal and go after one goal because you only do one thing well at a time. I completely reject that. I don't believe it at all. How could I be a mom of four, have a healthy marriage, multiple businesses, a podcast, look after my health, be a daughter? How could I be all of those things if I only get to be one thing well? It's just not true. So for me, the leader now, the one that we get to be is the person who goes, okay, I've got these pillars in my life. I define them as you. So the care for you, the, the embodiment, the pursuit of your truth, your integrity. I believe the second one is relationship. So that can be in any form, whether it's marriage, partnership, children, being a daughter, being a friend with your clients. 
The third being wellness. So paying attention to wellness and how you're feeling. And we know now that wellness is so much more than what we used to think it was of just moving your body and calories and deficit. The fourth being your business or what it is you do out in the world. And the fifth thing being spirituality. And so who does she get to be? She's someone that says, okay, these are my five pillars. They all matter to me. So every single day I'm going to intentionally do something to grow them, to foster them, to nourish them, to flourish them. That's that's going to be what I do. And so I wake up every morning. I have a beautiful morning practice and I, I firmly believe in morning practices because it sparks the day. It opens the day. It's like opening the cover of a book and starting on that fresh page. And so paying attention and listening in and sitting in prayer and asking for guidance, being open to the guidance and trusting yourself and thinking, what could I do to be more loving towards my partner? What could I do today that would be really you know, full of wellness for myself. You know, I didn't drink water yesterday. I'm going to make sure today I drink the water. What am I going to do today for my business? You know what? I'm going to make sure I contact this person who I've been meaning to contact. And so it's not doing five things and all five pillars every single day. It's just the movement. It's like this gravitational force towards what you desire more of. I teach pleasure. And pleasure comes from doing things that fill you up and and filling yourself up into a place of overflow so that everybody who is touched in your day gets that overflow versus you coming from depletion. And it's all from intention. Everything. Mm -hmm. The leader is intentional. Everything they do is thoughtful. Everything they do is discerned. Everything they do is a yes or a no because they know their pillars, they know what they stand for, they know what they want in their life. And so that is something that people just feel and respect and they build respect and trust in themselves. So good. So, so good. Yeah, I think, um, you know, when we talk about leaders, it's like, or wanting to be leaders, it's like, where are you leading people? right? Where are you taking them? And you were just saying like, it's an intentional, deliberate, consistent movement towards the, the version of you that you like your potential, your next level. And for me, one of the things that I come back to in my life, and I think about the great leaders and teachers in my life that have had a significant impact on me, we're all people who demonstrated the behavior, um, the kindness, the compassion, the discipline that like they were teaching. I think to, to teach, to lead is to demonstrate. Yes. Great point. It's to go first. It's to say, I'm not waiting on someone else to lead the way and to like give me permission or to show me how it's done. Like I, the leader goes in to the unknown, into the battle, like first. Mm-hmm. And there are so many quote unquote leaders, CEOs, executives, government, whoever you want to say that claim to be leaders. And then they expect everyone else to go on their behalf <laughs> and lead the charge. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, a true leader says, Uh, you can follow me and I'm clear about where we're going Mm -hmm. and I'm going to show you how to do it. I'm going to show the way. And that is um, something I consistently come back to because I I ask when I check in and I'm like, how, where am I leading people? How am, because I have influence. Every single one of us does, whether it's our, we're influencing our kids, our friends. Like we think we might not think we have influence Um, but we do. (laughs) And what am I demonstrating that they're picking up on and learning from me? (laughs) Yeah. And a lot of us are not thinking that way. And it's because we're living so unintentionally and unconsciously, we don't even pay attention. And we're like, oh, actually that kid just heard me, you know, say this, or, you know, my friends are watching me, um, make promises and continually break them or like make a commitment and then cancel. And what am I, what am I teaching 
the yeah. people in my life. And then we wonder why we have people who don't support us, whether that's a partner or a friend or a sibling or a parent, like they don't support me nine times out of 10, they don't support you because they've watched you say things and not follow through time and time again. Another thing that came up as you were speaking is imposter syndrome. I was just having this discussion with someone and they're like, you know, I just don't want to be an imposter syndrome. And I said, I actually welcome things like that because that tells me I've stretched into something and I am uber uncomfortable and I'm in territory that I've never been in before. So I better shape up and figure out the skills and learn the lessons. And I stand a little straighter. I am like on point. I show up because I feel a little bit, you know, like, ooh, I don't know if I belong here. And that's what I love in life. I wish people were more encouraged by that feeling than discouraged. You know, people feel imposter and what do they do? They shrink. Let me go back. Mm -hmm. I would challenge anybody listening, if you're feeling imposter syndrome, walk towards that. It means you're doing something new. You're lighting yourself on fire. Your soul is singing. It's like, yeah, let's see what we're made of here. Let's let's ruffle our tail feathers and let's be an example and let's see what is down this path. And the worst case scenario, the worst case scenario is you gather a bunch of lessons and you pivot into something else. That's your worst case scenario. And so I wonder if we just took things a little bit lighter and not so seriously, mm-hmm. how many people would actually start inviting that feeling in a little bit more often. Yeah, and I think that's uh, imposter syndrome. I, I see it, it can have two, it can present for two reasons, right? One is it might be to your point, like you're just stretching and you're a beginner in a new, you're acquiring a new skill and you're playing in a new field. And so you feel like a beginner and that you're disqualifying yourself because you haven't mm-hmm. been in the game forever. Right. And that's the lean into it. Actually, this is saying, this is where you're supposed to be. And you're feeling a little like that discomfort of being new at something. And that's where you want to like double down. And then there's also times where our imposter syndrome, which I think comes from a different place, shows up to say, hey, this is that pretending persona. Like you're trying to be something you're not. Yeah. Right. And I think it goes back to that discernment of, am I feeling imposter syndrome because I'm pretending and I'm playing a role or because I'm moving into something new that's requiring me to stretch and is challenging me and I'm learning a lot and there's still a lot that I, I get to like experience and learn. Those are two different energies. And mm-hmm. I think both are helpful. They're both in it's information that's trying to tell us something. So overall, it's not, it's neutral. It's not bad. Mm-hmm. It's information. And can we be curious about what it's trying to show us and how it's trying to direct us? And, you know, ultimately when it comes to integrity as a leader, One of the things, too, that I always come back to in my relationships and my business with my clients is, and I encourage other people to to try this on, is I will never ask you to do something I'm unwilling to do myself. Mm -hmm. So if, and this was something that I came up came back to a lot, especially as I started to scale my practice and I started to raise my prices. And it's like, I wasn't going to raise my prices to a price point that I had not personally paid. (laughs) And I don't know many people that do that, but that was a requirement for me. If I'm going to charge $15,000 for X amount, I'm going to go pay someone $15,000. And it was, and that for me personally was how I stayed and integrity with myself. Yes. And I felt it gave me permission. And personally, not, no coach or someone said, yeah, you can raise your prices there now. But I had, I, I'd walked that into that space of uncertainty and fear around making a certain investment of saying yes, of showing up and doing the work. So I could have empathy and compassion for my clients when they're in that space of reckoning with that big, big decision. And that's it. 
never forgetting where we came from, never forgetting the feeling of, oh my gosh, you know, and, and paying that and investing in yourself. I love that you taught that and just spoke that out because that is another thing that I don't think we speak enough of. And people get into that egoic state where it's like, I know what I'm doing. I'm just going to continue raising my prices. And half of them don't even have mentors anymore. I just think, have we ever, would you ever outgrow mentorship? I don't know. I don't think, I think you and I are the same in that way. I, Mm. I know I'm a student for my life and I know that Mm -hmm. that is part of my responsibility for my clients too. I've got to constantly be digging deeper, digging further, finding blind spots, learning these lessons because that's how I bless these beautiful humans who have entrusted me as their their mentor. And it's one of the things I teach. I say, if you're going to hire a mentor, oftentimes I say, ask them, who's your mentor? How many mentors Mm -hmm. do you have? It's like interview the mentor that you're wanting to hire learn about them how committed are they to their growth and their journey it says a lot and I do agree I do the same thing so interesting I do the exact same practice that you know if I'm going to raise my prices I'm going to make sure I've paid that before or will pay that because I will Mm -hmm. never ask somebody to do something that I have not done before ever Mm -hmm. so I agree with you 100% that's integral yeah and it just brings you back to to never I'm never above something. I'm never like, I remember this as a child. I learned this lesson. My dad taught me and it was like a spiritual moment for me. Mm. And I was probably like, I don't know, 10 years old. And we had um, someone who, a family friend who cleaned our house a couple, every other week or so. And my dad had told me, um, I, one of my, uh, chores was to clean the litter box. And when she came, I told her that my dad said, can you clean the litter box? <laughs> so I lied I was because I was trying to get out of doing it. And I asked the cleaning lady, hey, the litter box is dirty. Can, my dad asked if you could clean it. And she, um, it came around and my dad found out and he sat down with me and he said, you will never, under my roof, you'll never, you're never above doing anything. Like Mm. she's not below you because she is here working at our house, right? You're not above cleaning the litter box. I'm not above writing the emails or posting the social media posts or doing something that someone else on my team might do regularly, but I've done the thing. And then when we get to a point where it no longer serves me to do that thing day to day, that's when we scale and we grow a team of people who can be in those mm-hmm. supporting roles. Mm-hmm. But it, for, it's always important for me. It's like, I'm not too, I, I never have arrived and I'm never going to be too big to like do the regular small things that we like to feel like we've graduated from. Right. Right. And you're bringing up something too that I see in the industry of like putting people on pedestals. I actually just saw a big coach, a very influential coach do a program called pedestal and said, I know I am on a pedestal and you should be on a pedestal. And oh, it just, it really triggered me in not a good way because I thought, what are we teaching here? I know for me, the experience I always want to give is that we're sitting on the couch with our feet up on the couch and having a cup of coffee or a glass of wine, whatever we prefer and what time of day it is Mm -hmm. and having really honest conversation that my hindsight gets to be your foresight and it's not that I've got it all figured out. I'm just further down the path. But I love that lesson that your dad taught you because there is a tendency right now to put people on pedestals like they have something or know something or are something physically more than we are and we don't see ourselves in that and I think we just need Mm -hmm. to tear those pedestals down and remember we are all humans doing doing life and we get to offer each other some really cool things along the way but every person I meet you're you included the person I'm going to meet after this it's it's a a a blessing. You have something to teach me. I have something to teach you. And when we come to each other in that place, it's when things really start to be so beautiful and experience start to be um, just expanded, but felt. And I want to feel things. I want to feel things with my clients. I want to feel things while I'm with you, Tori. I want to feel things when I'm with my kids. And that is not from a pedestal because that means you're untouchable. You're up here and everybody's, you know, down below you. I don't have any, like, there's not a bone in my body that desires that. And you don't have to have that to have big success. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, as we do have success, remembering like, that doesn't make me better than. 
ever. Like I'm not no better than I'm just might have more experience or be like you said, further down the road. And that's, that's what a leader does is they're a student and then they become the teacher and they turn around and they say, Hey, like, I'm just, I don't have, I tell people like, I don't necessarily have all of the answers. I can teach you how to find the answers within yourself that you have. And I am, I am just a director of traffic. I'm like, just keep going (laughs) in this direction. Like, and this is how you keep moving in this direction with, with practices and, um, uh, you know, continual, like showing up and doing certain things and you don't know what you don't know. So I, I teach the practices and the tools. Um, but, I also always revert people back to their own internal guidance. And sometimes that's like just the work that I do is it's not about giving people advice. It's helping them to access their own inner knowing and clear the clutter that prevents them from hearing themselves. Yeah. 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 Yeah, That's beautiful. I loved um, your term director of traffic. (laughs) I, I love that. That is absolutely perfect absolutely perfect. And I, I believe too, it's this, this also this understanding, no matter where we are, there's always something else. And I'm sure you've felt this Tori, like you, you know, you start and you're like, if I could have a $5,000 month, like, whoa, and then you reach that. And then you think if I could have a 10,000 and you reach that, and then all of a sudden it's a hundred thousand month and you reach that. And then it has to be multiple six figure month and you reach that. And the thing that we all need to realize is there's never this final destination. So every single one of us are so similar. We feel like we're worlds apart. We're actually not. We're all doing the same thing. It's just acquired skill, time, and the journey and, and where we are on that path. But we're all really desiring the same thing deep down. Love, fulfillment, memories, meaningful relationships to be understood and heard and, and of, of compassion and of contribution. These are things. So now there's no pedestal. When we realize this, it, it eradicates that. And I really desire that for the world, that they look at people on social media or someone they're witnessing and they realize they still have things they want to achieve. They still have moments of doubt. They still have imposter syndrome. They still wonder. They still have arguments with their spouse. They still feel guilty in their motherhood. They, it's just the acquired skill and experience that they have had maybe just a little bit more than you at this time. Mm, Absolutely. I think that is so well said because it humanizes them. They put their hand, they put their feet Mm -hmm. or put their feet in the holes of the pants. (laughs) I said that all wrong. (laughs) They put their feet on one (laughs) leg at a time, like everybody else, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And when we can connect heart to heart, um, with people, it's like, you're not, yeah, you're not far away. Mm -hmm. You just have a perspective that I don't have or have time or experience that I don't have. And, um, and that's valuable and that's the value of mentorship and continued, um, investment and growth. And, um, because the thing is we can easily forget, you know, we can easily forget. And that's the thing. It's like to be surrounded by people who consistently remind you, when you forget why you started or forget what you're capable of. That's why it's so important because it's this process of coming home and remembering the truth of who we are. But naturally it's like you wake up, it's like you go to bed and then you wake up and then you go back to sleep and then you forget again that I'm capable Mm -hmm. and I can move through this discomfort and I can be a beginner. And yeah, I feel like I'm out of bounds right now, but like, and that feels super untethering and you forget that like, you've done this before. You've been here before. You can move through this again. And then you've got to have people that remind you mm-hmm. that, yeah, it's all right. Yeah. You're going to do this in the yeah. same way. The last time it felt scary, you did it and you got and you didn't die. And here you are to tell the tale. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's like this idea that we, I hear people say, especially when they're pivoting, oh, I just don't want to start all over again. I don't want to start from zero. We're never mm-hmm. starting from zero. You are building upon the foundation of all the experience you just gathered. I also actually look at life like building a high rise building. 
you just keep adding a floor, right? You have the foundation, you built those floors that they can hold another one and hold another one. That to me is the legacy, the empire, the success that we are generating. And when we think of it that way, it just becomes a part of the work and the experience and the joy and the fun and the laughter and the realization that one way isn't the only way we get to really figure things out for ourselves. There's not one way to be a mentor or a coach. There's not one way to be a podcaster. There's not one way to do anything, even mothering, parenting. It's us. I think this has been like the the theme of the podcast is like coming home to ourselves. You've mentioned that several times and, and this word integrity that you and I have brought up and we share, I can tell that this is a core value of yours and, and it is for me too, is how can we be more integral? And the more we ask ourselves those questions, the more we start to build these floors and these experiences. And it starts to be just this incredible legacy that we're living today. We're not waiting to leave for somebody. We're actually living the legacy today. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And sometimes doing that just starts with being honest. Like, where am I feeling out of integrity right now in my life? in my yeah. business, in my relationships, where am I telling somebody, uh, you know, I, yes, where I really want to say no, where am I like over exaggerating? Where am I embellishing where I could just say it like it is, you know, like permission to just say it like it is. And it doesn't have to be any more, any less, you know, um, right. let your no be known, let your yes be yes. So mm-hmm. for me, that process, it's a continual process and check-in of just let me, Am I being honest with myself mm-hmm. about how things are going right now? And if, if the answer is no, like you have the power, you get to, you get to realign. And that's, that's in my opinion, the best way to build the next floor. You can't build yeah. the next floor if you're lying about how mm-hmm. great the one you're on is, you know what I mean? <laughs> or yeah. that like this is working out perfectly and you've got some kinks and you're like plumbing. You're like, actually we need to fix this so that we can then continue like to, to build. So you I love it. that. Yeah. How can people like stay in touch with you? No more. What are you working on right now that you're super excited about that you want people to know? And um, if they want to be involved, how can they stay connected with you? Sweet. Thank you, Tori. Um, becoming iconic on everything. So every social media platform, the podcast becoming iconic, it's a masterclass. So it's weekly masterclasses for people with deep dives into specific subjects. So that's always a great place to come and play and hang out and get to know me on a more intimate way. And the website's becoming iconic.co.co. I'm sure it'll all be in the show notes, but this has um, been an honor And I really appreciated this conversation. I have been on many podcasts, interviewed many times, and a lot of times questions are asked and they sit back and and let you answer. This felt like a dialogue of two women who are in leadership. And I have to just Mm. honor you and say thank you very much for holding that kind of space and having that type of conversation with me. It was really, I, I really enjoyed it. Mm, same same yeah that's what you mentioned the other day was like just sit back on the couch with your coffee or glass of wine like that's mm-hmm. the space I want to create where it's like where where are the spaces that we go when we're comfortable enough to be honest and like and to just be open as opposed to feeling like we're on stage or performing or yeah. having to give the right answer yeah. and um so yeah I appreciate you coming in and being willing to go there and and to chat and you're welcome back anytime for sure. We'll put all of your info in the show notes. Make sure you go connect with Jen, um, and get involved with becoming iconic. It's, um, you know, we need more, more leaders like you sharing your wisdom and your knowledge and also, um, staying committed to the path of your own growth and evolution. I appreciate you for being one of those in my life and on this show. And, um, yeah, you guys, if you loved this show, please do me a favor, go follow Jen, get involved, but also please, you can share this with a friend and review the show. That is the best way to say thank you and to help this get out to more and more people. Um, we love you. I believe in you and go be coachable this week. Mm. See you next week on the coachable podcast.
You guys, if you love this show, do me a favor. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you feel called, leave a review. I would love to hear how the show is impacting you. But not only that, be a hero to somebody and share it with somebody in your life that needs to hear it. If you're getting value from it, I can guarantee it that someone else that you know would get value as well. And honestly, I wouldn't be here if somebody didn't share with me a podcast episode a couple years ago that absolutely changed my life and set me on the course that I am today. And I'm eternally grateful for that person. And you can be that person to someone else. So share it, share the love because you matter, they matter, and what you have to say matters. So I would love to hear if there's something in this episode that really stands out to you and is a ha aha moment, send me an email to media at torygordon.com. Let me know what it was that stuck out to you. What was your aha moment? Maybe where and around what time in the podcast that really spoke to you because my team and I love to hear that. We love to see and hear exactly what is speaking to your heart and it's helps us to serve you better. So please like, subscribe, share. You are helping this podcast continue to grow and get out to larger audiences that can help shape the world and bring more and light, love and healing to it. So thank you for your contribution and let's get on to the podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.